Hey, what's up? This is part three of Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen on Grace. Yeah, this is Wendell. This is our third podcast. I've got Wayne here with me. Hello, this is Wayne. Yeah, see, I wasn't lying to you. There he is. Um, we've been talking about grace, and uh, we started out by saying that grace is not a commodity that God doles out in bits and pieces, but it's it's Him fully invested with us. It's His presence with us. And, of course, Jesus promised that was constant. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And so we talked about that. And then we talked about that... Uh, God is with us not because we're his projects. He's his. He doesn't have an ulterior motive or an end game. I'm going to be with you so that I can take you on his projects and improve you and make you vastly better than you are. But he's actually with us because he loves us. We're his beloved. And uh, so that's kind of what where we got. And then we started talking about... Um, so that means that when we grace somebody, it, we grace them not by being nice to them, but we grace them by being fully invested in them and being with them. And uh, toward the end of the, maybe after the session last time, somebody in the room said, hey, so what does that look like? So that's what we're going to dig into. Now, I think um, when we talk about offering grace to somebody, I'm not sure that the, our old definition of grace is unmerited favor really helps us because it kind of makes it feel like we're doing something for people that they don't deserve. When I think in the practical sense, when we offer grace to somebody, we're recognizing the value and the worth and the dignity that they really have. And so we're, we offer to enter into relationship or their story or participate in what God is doing in their life, um, not because we're good and so we're going to do this nice thing for them, but because every person is worthy and deserves presence uh, and value. And so, and part of the, it's a little difficult to know exactly how that works because grace doesn't have an agenda. It's not when I offer grace to somebody, it's to make them healthier or better or uh, read their Bible more or be nicer to their wife or whatever. Or even happier. Right. Or anything. Yeah. yeah. But it's about uh, grace has to do with listening and being present and available to somebody uh, to be part of what's already happening in their life, not to dominate it or, or fix it. I think that's part of what grace does. It believes in the dignity of the person that I'm with, um, and it believes that something is happening there that we can be part of rather than c controlling. And so, you know, what does it look like in practical sense? I think it looks yeah. different for every person we encounter. Yeah. But in general, in general, it wouldn't you say that it has a lot to do with just listening, but not just for the words, but looking at body language and hearing tone of voice. Yeah, I think that's I think that's yeah how it how grace, not just how it helps us to do the grace thing. That is the grace thing, right? That being present, yeah. Yeah. And listening. Yeah, and then it may there may be possibilities of other opportunities to be part of what that is, but that's how it, how it begins. Jesus talks so much about awareness, watch. You know, he said, watch and pray. Of course, then he said, lest you fall into the temptation. I wonder what that temptation was. Might have been, get back into your own agenda. I don't know. But 
tempted to not watch. Yeah, <laughs> tempted to not watch, yeah. yeah. But um, even at the end of, of the Gospels, he, he talked about, you know, be aware, be watchful. You never know when the Son of Man is going to show back up or whatever. You know, he used various examples. And, of course, we've taken that and said, oh, that's the second coming. Um, what if it's not? What if, what if it's watch for what God is doing in that person, which means you have to be aware. But the, but I think another part is, don't you, that, and I don't want to get in, I don't want to make it sound like it's a method or a tech, technique, but it but you you've got to get good at asking questions. And it's not just about the weather and about what their favorite sports team is. It's about questions that, that help them unlock their story and begin to... Yeah, and part of what that is essential to that is creating a safe place. And that's one of the things that is a practical part of offering grace to somebody is creating a safe place for them where they feel free to be who they are and to answer authentic questions and to, to open up you know, this is what's going on in my life uh, without that fear that they're going to be told it's right or wrong or uh, fixed or whatever. So if I'm going to grace somebody, I have to be good with grace myself first. Yeah. I have to, I have to feel comfortable in my own skin that I am graced, that I am beloved, right. that I am adored. And it's really pretty freeing because when we, when we are graced... We don't have that pressure to say the right thing or do the right thing so that this encounter or this conversation makes a difference or moves things along. But it's this trust and, and grace and, and presence that that makes a difference, <clears throat> that, that I, the pressure's not on me to have the answers. That's not why I'm here. Yeah. Well, that's God's track record all through Scripture, that God believed in His presence. You know, yeah. he believed right. this is going to make a difference when I'm with my people. Right. The pillar of smoke showing up in the garden with Adam and Eve, uh, literally becoming one of us, right. hanging out with us, picking twelve people and saying, "Let's camp out for like three years." Yeah. Just, right. You know, yeah. and then at the end for him to say, "I will be with you." They had gotten so used to him being with them, and that was so potent and powerful to them. Of course, his teachings and the miracles, that was great, but the withness of, of Christ is, I think, what they would have missed the most. And he said, no, I'm not leaving you. Yeah. I mean, that was the one thing in John especially that he emphasized over and over, I am not leaving you, right. you know. Yeah. And, and I think it's that confidence and presence um, not that my being in a conversation makes a difference, but that God is present in every conversation, every encounter we have, and that that presence does make a difference. Yeah. And that uh, the grace is God's presence, and that grace makes a difference. And so sometimes the practical aspect of it is, like you said, it's just being present with somebody and creating that safe place that, that recognizes their dignity and their worth to take the time to listen and be fully invested in that moment. Uh, that's what grace looks like. Yeah. You you told a story uh, in Pathway a year or two ago about a lady in a nursing home who was not real keen on visitors. <laughs> and and maybe, could you kind of flesh that out, the hand under the... 
reaching out? Oh, yeah. Um, if I can get this straight. Uh, she was a lady I visited who most of the time, the first times I went there, when I went in, she would cover her head with the blankets and, and literally hide and not speak. Uh, other people I talked to there said that she would tell them to get out or go away or uh, hold the door closed when they would try to come in. And so I w went and um, I just kept, you know, I would go back every week or so and, and just check on her and, and tell her, you know, if I'm, I'm here if you want me to be here, I'm not if you don't. And then uh, just sit beside the bed and not say anything, not try to start a conversation or do anything that my, uh, you know, my ego felt I needed to say something, figure out what I could say to be the one person who would get her to break out, you know. I could be the hero of this event. Um, and so I just go and sit beside the bed and, uh, and just sit there. And then one day uh, she'd covered her head up, but after I'd been sitting there for a few minutes, she kind of slipped her hand out from under the cover uh, and took my hand that was laying by the bed there. Huh. Not that I'm the hero, but just that yeah. that there is. But that you presence. believed in the power of presence, right? You yeah. believed in. You didn't believe in the magic of Wayne, right? You believed exactly. in the power of presence, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't do or say anything except be present. It could have been anybody present. It wasn't me. It was just yeah. presence. Yeah. That uh, made some kind of connection there. And we live in such. A, we live in a world that is just exploding with communication ability, the ability to communicate, but it's void of presence. Yeah. And we get caught up in the message. We want to get the message right, and we, we forget the power of, of, pre of really being present with people. Yeah. Of offering grace, which is presence that recognizes their dignity and their value, not as a project, not because I'm nice and I'm doing this for you, because this is how things should be. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's it's so not profound. <laughs> it's so not. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, people listening to us don't know, but we're in our 60s, and both college and seminary trained and years of experience and thought we thought we knew so much and you know we've got this figured out and it was it's just so yeah. silly to you don't need certification for this you don't need training you don't need you need courage yeah yeah it's awkward when you don't know the answers and yeah and people in our world they expect answers i think or maybe they don't but my idea is that people expect me to have answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's where I'm wrong. But just well, and, and then with that courage, you, you have to have authenticity. Right. And not just, I mean, if you don't know the answer, you just say, I'm sorry, I don't right. know. Yeah. But I can help you try to find it. Right. When I worked with hospice, one of the things I would say to people almost all the time was, if I say something stupid, I don't mean to. Yeah. But I, I yeah. probably will because I don't know exactly you, what yeah, you're you feeling. don't have a clue, yeah. Right. And so, but to believe that even if I say something stupid, my presence there can still make a difference. And to just be honest about that, that, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Huh. That was Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen, both serve as pastors here at Broadway United Methodist Church.
Thank you.